I have become a new creation. I am really in Christ. And so those problems, yes, they're there. The sin, yes, there's there. But that's not me. I am in Christ. Welcome to the Destined to Win podcast with Pastor Tim Masters. Pastor Tim is the senior pastor of Victorious Life Christian Center in Flagstaff, Arizona, welcoming a guest speaker for this message. I'm Joe Hardy, inviting you to join us for worship services Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. at the Flagstaff Middle School Complex. For more information on the ministries of Victorious Life Christian Center or to make a donation, visit us online at vlccaz.org. That's vlccaz.org. Now, with today's message, here's a word from our guest. Speaking of exciting, I have been looking forward to today literally for years. Pastor Joe and I have talked, and I've tried to get him over to preach for us uh, on several occasions. But, you know, you pastor a church, you get, you know, it's tough. And you say, Pastor, you're not supposed to have pastors preaching in the same town. What if they like him better and they go to his church? Be blessed. Folks, you're not my people. The minute you become my people, you got to leave anyway because I'm going to mess you up bad. Guys, gals, God's got to build the church. My job is to build people. How do you build people? By preaching God's word, okay? And so he's here and he pastors Grace Fellowship longer than we probably want to admit. But would you put your hands together and welcome Pastor Joe Weidinger as he comes to share God's word. Let me get a microphone for you. Okay, I told him he has to have you out before 2 o'clock. It's good. I can do it. I know you can. Uh, actually, about, yeah. Love you, sir. Cool. Is this on? Is this not working? Bottom button. Yeah, you got to have anointing to turn it on also. Okay. I'm going to keep his watch. Hallelujah. Well, if you keep him watching, I wouldn't know what time it is. Uh, praise the Lord. It is just wonderful to be here. And um, I want to just thank you uh, from my heart. Uh, just thank you uh, for being here. Not this service, but being in Flagstaff and then gathering together in this church. I really want to thank you for that. Your presence is more important than you realize. Just your presence. I'm talking about behavior. Just your presence is extremely valuable to this city and to what God wants to do in this city. Um, it, 
it doesn't take too long for me to begin to, uh, now it takes a long time to get my head changed, okay, you know, thick skull, but to sense and to realize the work of God's spirit in this place. Um, God is forming a body. Uh, it, as Pastor mentioned, one church is not the whole church, but a body, an expression in the different assemblies. There's only one church, right? There's only one body of Christ, whether on earth or even in heaven. When you die and go to heaven, you're still part of the body. Uh, this is something that you have to just believe. I mean, your mind begins to short out on it, but there's only one body. But as a human body, the body has systems, and each system has its function. My digestive system does not work as a circulatory system. There's all kinds of systems within the physical body that makes you function. Sometimes one system can break down and it hinders the body, so then the body goes to work to help that system. And the body of Christ, which is a far greater and glorious and beautiful body than your physical body, it has systems. You have members, but then members are attached to systems. It's amazing to me. My wife is, was not able to come this morning. She's helping her, her mom in a transition period of her life. She would love to have been here. Uh, but she was not able to. But she's a midwife, and so we talk a lot about how babies are formed in a mother's womb. And I'm amazed. I just can't help but just worship God when a baby begins to be formed in a mother's womb. How do those cells? It just starts with a couple cells, and then all of a sudden a group of cells, as it were, get together and say, hey, let's form the ear. Let's form an eye. Let's, let's go over here and be the foot. How does that happen? How does that information get to those cells to divide, as it were, and to then go and be a part of the human body? Well, God, by the Holy Spirit, does exactly the same thing. The the problem is I want to form it. Uh, I have formed churches. I have built churches in my lifetime. I've been in ministry over 40 years. 40 years. Can you believe that? I can't even believe that. You don't need to clap. Amen. You don't. Uh, well, I guess we should because I really stand here by God's grace. I mean, it's just God's grace. It ain't not, hey, folks, it's God's grace. How did you do it? God's grace. It is God's grace. But I've tried to build churches, and what happens is you got Mr. Frankenstein. Amen. Uh, you, you get everybody together, lay them on the table, and then you pray for the Holy Ghost to hit it, lightning to come and hit it, hit it, hit it. And uh, instead of the Holy Ghost, a ghost will hit it, and then this creature comes up, and it begins to uh, walk around, and, and it just ends up destroying you. And so uh, you can't really let build a church, but allow the Holy Spirit to build it. So he's working in individual members, and he's putting things together. Now, as he begins to put together what is being formed here, it's easy for me to see. It takes a while, but it's very easy for me to see. Now, you can agree, disagree. It doesn't really matter. But what I see, okay, just what I see is he's forming an assembly of priests, Now, understand about priests. Um, 
we understand the Bible, we say it generally, well, we're a kingdom of priests. And, and we just leave it there and we go on and uh, live our normal lives. But we, we must allow the Holy Spirit to begin to penetrate my thinking and to cooperate with his building within my life. And it is a kingdom of priests. How we need priests. It's a, it's a time. It, it, God is never caught off guard. And so what we see in the world happening today, folks, God doesn't respond and go, oh my, what's, what's going to happen? He is already working. He knew what was going to happen, much like we do. We're prophetic people. You read the Bible. Your pastors teach about prophecy. We know that in the last days, perilous times and all of this. So we understand what is going on, nation against nation, wars and all of this kind of thing, disease, uh, upheavals, uh, earthquakes, uh, uh, all all of this happening. Uh, We understand that. We know what is going on. We see what is going on. But to meet that and to encounter that, God has been light years ahead of that event. When he created Adam and he put him in the garden, God had done everything necessary for Adam to exist in the garden. He didn't breathe into Adam and in Adam's first day, he sucks and and he can't find air. And God's, oh, I forgot to create air. I better hurry up or he's going to pass out, die. God already had the air there. Adam just had to breathe. That's all he had to do. God has already created your work. All you have to do is breathe. All you have to do is walk in it. And if you'll understand what the Spirit is trying to convey to us, oh, a priest, well then I need to just walk in my priesthood. I need to walk in. Now in saying that and understanding the thing about priests, um, I, I do love Pastor Tim and Jewel. I love Pastor Philemon, Jane, their family. I just love them. I loved them at one level, but I'd say the past year, my love of them has went to another level. The reason it went to another level was not because of some sermon I heard or believe. It was because of how they responded to my life, what they did in my life. I'll never forget it. I cannot forget. I would, I, and because these are your pastors, this is what is transpiring in the body. That's why I thank you. Um, there's a scripture in Proverbs that I, uh, I think about, and it says that a brother loves at all times, but a friend is born for adversity. Now, we love all the time. We're supposed to, right? We just love everybody all the time. Your emotions might get kinky, but down inside, you're loving one another. Ain't, ain't no problem. But a brother or a friend, his birth was for adversity. Have you ever gotten in trouble? Anybody here ever got in trouble? Once in a while. (laughs) Have you ever felt like your life was falling apart? Have you ever felt like the guy in the parable Jesus talked about, he was coming down from Jerusalem and fell amongst thieves and 
got robbed and stripped and left for dead? You ever felt like that? A priest will go by, a Levite will go by, and they're, they're the brethren and they love. But a, but a friend is different. See, Jesus is your best friend. When you're in trouble, he's not going to come to you and give you a sermon. See, you have to understand him. See, this is where we get, we get messed up because we think that I have to do something to be his friend. If my performance is not correct, my belief system is not correct, if everything is not in line, then I have a problem with my relationship. I'm offending my friend. No, your friend is born for adversity. I remember driving with Pastor Philemon one time and we're in the, this, my truck and we're driving around the woods and I'm explaining to him a situation I'm finding myself in. And it isn't pretty. It's bad. I, it just, in my life, I mean, it was just not looking good. And he's listening. And I'm talking. I must have talked for a half hour, 45 minutes. I can't remember. I'm just pouring it out on him. My, that time, my life, I didn't care about impressing him. Great man of faith. I'm dying. I've been beat up. And, and I'm going to hell is probably pretty much it. Just bad. And I remember his response as he's listening to me and he Thinks a moment and he says, brother, you got yourself in a pickle. <laughs> the wisdom that comes from Pastor Philemon is phenomenal and I, I just, I just, uh, I just, you, you remember that, brother. I mean, that, that was a classic, a pickle. I'm in a pickle and, and immediately I have a vision. I'm in a pickle, in a pickle jar and I'm looking around. I got a bunch of pickles uh, and I'm soaking in this vinegar and I'm sealed up. That's it. That's it. That is where I'm at. I have sat with Pastor Tim and Pastor Philemon at times and I couldn't even say anything. I just started crying. Just broke down. We couldn't even, couldn't even enter into conversation. Just couldn't deal with problems. Just start Wait, one thing about Pastor Tim that I've discovered is that you can talk to him and bear your heart to him. And I thank God neither one of these men gave me a, a sermon. They didn't give me a scripture. I didn't need that. I didn't need a scripture. I know the scripture. I don't need a sermon. I don't need three points in a poem and a song. I, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't need that. I needed a friend. That would just sit next to me in my adversity. See, folks, we must do something with this noggin of ours. Because I am thinking that in my adversity, I'm all alone. And that is the pain of adversity. That is the pain in the world today of loneliness. And the worst problem I have is not with my brethren. The problem I have is really with God. I have a problem with Him. I have an argument with Him. In my mind, I'm debating with Him. The problem is not my brethren. The problem is with my God. But a friend, He just sits down with you and gets in the pickle jar with you. Let's the stuff come out and just sit there with you and listen. A priest, a priest is not a judge. 
A priest is not a critic, nor is he a counselor. A priest listens to a confession without judgment, without saying, you should have done this and you should have done that. A priest does not present blame, though he could. He does not present condemnation or you're just getting the results of your action. A priest is not for that. A priest listens to a conversation, to a confession. We have lost this in the church. The, the, the scripture tells us, confess our faults one to another. And folks, in all the years of my ministry, there have been hundreds that I've sat down with and talked to. And the problem that I've had is as they would begin to speak to me, in my mind, I would begin to solve the problem. I would begin to say, well, if the scripture says this and the Bible says that and your behavior has not really been doing very well, I could adjust that. Instead of that person talking to me and me being their priest, I became their counselor. I became their coach. I'm not a coach. I'm not a counselor. I'm not a judge. You are not that either. That because of Tim and Philemon and the wives, they, they, they are priests. You may be mad at Philemon at one time or Pastor Tim. You might get really mad at him. What you need is some real trouble then. And then go to him and the anger and the division you have about him doesn't matter anymore. I didn't care if Tim could sing. I didn't care the size of his church. I am dying. And he didn't come and say, well, here's a scripture for you. Here's a verse for you. You should have done this. Why did you do that? That's a mistake. I didn't need that. All I needed was a priest. Let me confess. But see, we, we, we're... we're uh, folks, we're messed up. We've gone, we've done that. And, and instead of finding a genuine priest, we have found something else. We have found an authority. We have found a power. We found something. And the problem is that's what we think about God. We think if I really confess my sin to God, then I'm disconnected from Him. I'm separated from Him. My sin has pulled me away from Him and my sin needs to be corrected so I can be joined to Him. Can I tell you today that you and Him are one? Now, 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 see, a priest, you must know that inside. For me to be a priest to my brother or to someone else that's in trouble and I can be their friend, not a brother, but a friend. See, brothers, they just are together in the family because of blood. We've been born again. We're in the same family. We were, we're in relationship. But a friend is someone that comes alongside. He gets on your side. He's not over there and you're over here. He's on your side. And so you can talk to him and you can confess. And the second facet of the priest, not only that he hears your confession, the second facet is he reconnects you to the Lord. It's the power of the priest 
This is powerful, folks. I'm talking about something. We talk about the anointing that breaks the yoke. Okay, well, what is that? That yoke separates you from the love of God. Whatever that burden is, whatever your teaching is that causes you to be, be weary and worn out, Pastor's talking about the nursery. I understand why you don't go. You're worn out, man. Pastor, please, please. I'll pay someone to go for me. We understand that. He understands that. But these poor little kids, they need somebody. So if I can build up enough guilt on you, I'll get you in there. But see, the guilt will not connect you to him. It separates you. Condemnation separates you. Let me read this scripture so you know that it's at least in the Bible. Because this is you. This is me. This is us. I don't know about other assemblies, but as pastor said, he's asked me for years to come. And so, uh, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Now, I have, to do the, I, I have to go a little quick here, but you understand this because you're well taught. You're, you're, uh, you, have, you have friends. Pastors are your friends. If you're in trouble, you know where to go. They'll minister. They'll, they'll just get in the fight with you. That's what you need. Not an explanation, someone that knows how to fight, knows how to get in with you and just love. Because, see, when I went to them, and the thing I've always known about Pastor Tim is that no matter when we talk and share things, he will always reach over and grab my hand and pray. That's a priest. He listens to confessions, and then he prays. And in that prayer is the power that reconnects me back to the Lord. Not to church membership, but to the Lord. Now, a priest, here's the confession, here's the fears, here's the worries, here's the the depths of sin, the horror that we can have and done. But then he prays. He does not pray judgment. He does not pray penalties. He does not pray any of that. He prays. God, connect him. Let God's love connect him. It's not God's problem. He's always there. I've been disconnected. I pulled away. Not God. It's there. It's always there, folks. He will never leave us or forsake us. It is always, 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 always there. But my behavior has pulled me away, disconnected me. And in the disconnection of his love, I then begin to live under this realm of the guilt and the shame and the depression. And I begin to be a victim instead of an overcomer. And it's everybody's fault if they would have done this or would have done that. See, I have disconnected from love. That love, that power, that nature of God himself. A priest will connect that person back. But the priest himself has to be connected or his prayer will come out of his own loneliness his prayer will come out of his own paradigm as it were his his prayer will come out of his world that is why when you gather together you sense it 
you come into the church and what is happening? The worship goes on. What all folks, what is happening is out in this world, we get disconnected. We listen to maybe too much TV or the politicians and all of this that's coming in and all of those thoughts begin to hit my mind and it starts separating and disconnecting me. So I come to the sanctuary. I come to the place of peace. And what do I find here? Do I, is this a gym? Thank God it ain't. I don't think gyms, well, never mind. Gyms, if you're going, praise the Lord. <laughs> no, it's sanctuary. No hunting. It's a refuge. You can't hunt here. Sorry. Check your guns at the, at the door. Looking at one another, hunting, hunting for sin, hunting for something that's bad and ugly. We got to purge it out. No, no, it ain't none of that. This is sanctuary. And here in the worship, may take a while, singing, as sisters singing and speaking to us, the song and Tim is dancing, Philemon is speaking. I mean, it's just you catch it. See, you catch it. You catch that and all of a sudden the worries and the fears and the problems of life begin to be removed. Amen. Amen. Sure, the problems are there still. Sure, the, the issues are still there. Your husband's still the husband. Uh, but hey, hey, I'm not connected to that anymore. I'm connected to one that loves me and nothing shall separate me from his love. So the sanctuary is a connection. He's constantly connecting. On Wednesday you study Romans, and Romans connects you. The worship connects you. Yes, the nursery will connect you because you go in there and you see the faith of a little child. That child will teach you more about connecting. And all of a sudden, it ain't the work, it's the connecting. And now you're connected and now you're a priest. And you go into the world, you go into Flagstaff as a priest. You can't solve any problem. You can't solve it, folks. You can't save anybody. You can't save yourself. It's the good news. He came. Jesus came. He came. See, look at this. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, that word in Christ, it's such a powerful word. But it must be more, it must get out of that, off this page. It must get into my thinking and into my spirit. Where are you today? I'm in Christ. Anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Created, you're a new, you're new, you're a new creation. You're not like the world. You're you're completely a new creation. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to Himself through Jesus Christ. Has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That word reconcile, powerful word. It means a mixture of good and bad. It means that the good and the bad have come to a place where they can actually coexist together. Really? Absolutely. See, 
The bad does not cancel out the good, and the good does not cancel out the bad. They are able to live together. They're able to be dwelled together, reconciled. How can this be possible? What are you telling me, preacher? Because in my thinking, I think the bad has to be completely removed, uh, and then I can get close to God. Really? Then how good is good? How well do you have to be? If you get on that path, folks, uh, it will drive you. It is called religion. It is called the religion. It is called, you can see it so perfectly, when God created Adam. God created Adam. He loved Adam. God, that pure love, when he breathed into Adam, the love just filled that boy up. He was a demonstration, expression of God's love that has no limits. It is, it is absolutely powerful. It can overcome love. It creates. He begins to name animals. It has powerful creative ability. Your love creates your world. And then we understand that God said it's not good for man to be alone. I don't want man to be alone. Uh, he needs a help me. Help me. We think she's there to just cook a meals and name some more animals. No, she's there so he can love someone besides just God. He wants something to love. Love always needs an expression. God himself, he loved Father, Son, Holy Spirit for all of eternity. But then God created man. What did he create you for? Why did he create you? To serve him? Work in the nursery? Give your money. See, we have fallen into a trap. He created you for the purpose of loving. They know that. This place is be, it is constantly covered. He loves you. He loves you. But see, we begin to feel we are not worthy to be loved. I'm not worthy to be loved. Do you understand what I have done? Hey, forget about the doing. What you think, what goes on in your mind, that's the secret place. When Jesus taught us to pray, he said, go into the secret place. Did he not? Well, where is that? You know where that is. It's that place no one knows about. It's a secret. I mean, why? you know, I've pondered over that for a long time. Look up the scripture and dictionaries and, my God, where's a secret place? And all of a sudden, it hits. See, all of a sudden, bam. That place you don't tell anybody about. I go back to my dictionary. I don't want to go to that secret place. I don't, I don't like that place. I don't like the secret place. The reason it's a secret is because bad stuff happened there. And that bad stuff keeps me separated from God And so what I will do is ignore the secret place and just work on the behavior. And I pray a lot and fast a lot and read my Bible a lot. And I'm always work, 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 work. But that secret place is left unknown and it is covered up. It's called fig leaves. (laughs) See, you get nervous. We don't want to talk about the secret place. We don't want to go there. Well, Jesus said, when you pray, the Father is where? Where is he? (laughs) He's in the secret place. What is he doing in there? (laughs) (laughs) That is where 
He is. And when you pray to the Father in the secret place, that is the power of this reconciliation. I don't understand it. I cannot figure it out. How can the impure be with the pure? How can the ugly be with the beauty? How can the perfect be with the imperfect? So we cover up the imperfection. We cover up the ugliness. And to my brother, I just, and thank God I'm not, that's fine. But see, God is not out here. He's in the secret place. He's been there all the time. He didn't leave. He didn't see the bad. He didn't, didn't, oh, the lights went out. I got to get out of here. He is the light. Oh, man, it stinks in here. He is the good smelling aroma. How can you overcome the ugliness by being just ugly? You have to get to the beauty. And the ugly and the beauty can be together. Because love doesn't choose. It doesn't say, I only travel with the beauty. I don't hang around those lukewarm people. I don't hang around those that don't know God. I'm with the beauty. Well, how's your secret place doing? Let's not talk about that. My secret's fine. See, then we get into this self-deception and we're lying to ourselves. So the problem ain't with the brethren. The problem is not with the world. The problem is God, you and I have a problem. See, Adam, in the beginning, when he separated, Eve said, eat this fruit, and he was not deceived. This is another thing that just, I said, well, what? And I wanted to grab Adam. And I've had, and I've even prayed, when I get to heaven and find Adam, I'm going to tell him a thing or two. Look at the mess he made us. Oh, why didn't he just do that? Why didn't he do that? And then I'm reading Romans. And it said Adam was a type of him to come. Adam is a type of Jesus? Really? How could Adam, who sold out the farm, be like Jesus? Well, we forget about love. Adam knows no fear. Adam has no lines drawn, the good and the bad. He had not yet ate from the tree of the knowledge of right and wrong. He was just filled with God's love. He loves Eve what she had actually called woman from me. She's from me. I love her because loving her is like loving me. And no man yet ever hated himself. If you hate somebody, it's because you hate yourself. If you're at problems and issues with someone, it's because you have those very same issues with yourself. That's the secret place. You have an argument down there. Something's going on down there. And so we have been born again. I have become a new creation. I am really 
in Christ. And so those problems, yes, they're there. The sin, yes, there's there. But that's not me. I am in Christ. And did not Jesus Christ do exactly the same thing? Because when you read a little bit further, it says, for he made him who knew no sin to be sin. He didn't, he did not take my ugliness like this. He became ugly. See, a priest, when he's confessing, or the person is confessing to the priest, the priest is moved with compassion, moved by love, and he takes that pain, is able to absorb it in his own heart, and the power of the love in his heart is able to overcome that death. If you have problems when we tag sin, we think sin is just this act. It's, it's be, that sin is just what we say is an act is coming from that heart of mine that refuses to accept the fact that I'm worthy to be loved. I'm worthy to be loved. Why? Because you're clean and do this? No, no, no. I'm not going to go that way. I'm going to go the way the Lord says that I am in Him. Um, see, He says that we have the ministry of reconciliation. Your ministry is to reconcile. And we can't get into the trap of somehow uh, in our mind. It has to come for you must first begin to deal with high places, those thoughts that are high, and they're interfering with your connection with God. I wish Becky, Becky's a much better preacher, really, and it would have been great for her to speak. You know, you ought to maybe Pastor Tim talk to her because she had this encounter with the Lord where his love so surrounded her. And I'm not doing justice to the experience she had, but I hope you to understand. I, I, I pray that God, that a light, uh, my mind, the high place can be torn down. And she's having this expression, this experience with the Lord, and he's coming and he's just loving her. He's not telling her anything other than he's just embracing her. And all of a sudden in that atmosphere, God speaks to her and says, ask me for anything. Ask me. And so she had a list of things, but one main thing, and she asked the Lord, and, and he said, oh, I'll do that for you. And as soon as she asked that, another thought came, just as quick, boom. And that thought said, well, you have enough. You should be thankful for what you have. Doesn't that sound nice? And the moment that thought hit her, it separated her from his love where all things are possible. One thought, the fiery dart, the lie of the devil. When pastor binds the devil, it's a thought that has been shot into my mind by his lie. And he is very good at what he does because he wants us to believe that it is not as good as it sounds. 
it is too good to be true. That came from the first book of Satan, chapter 1, verse 1. Nowhere does it say that in the Scripture, but it's the very opposite. It is good news. It is good news. So Adam, he is now eating the fruit, and we begin to see what happens when you separate from that love. But see what God does. He comes into the garden, which is the secret place. He comes there. In your secret place is the tree of life, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And God comes, and he does not give a sermon or a rebuke or a shame. He asks questions. God asks questions because the problem is in my mind. And Adam, God says, where are you? Where are you? Good question to ask yourself today. Where are you? you can, you're the only one that can answer that. But be truthful. I've had to answer that many times and because it has now become something very refreshing to me. Lord, I'll tell you where I am. I have murder in my heart. I want to kill some folks. And since it's against the law... And I can't do it because I don't want to go to jail. I want you to do it. <laughs> I want God to be my assassin. Kill him. That's where you're at? Yep. Not today. Depends what happens to me during the rest of the day. See, where are you? God wanted Adam to come out of hiding. Where are you, Adam? So he begins to come out. He says, well, I heard your voice. Heard it. Got afraid, fear. Hid myself. Covered myself up because I'm naked. See, shame. That, that's that secret place is built out of shame. I don't want, I, I'm too ashamed of what's going on inside there. I, I don't like that down there. No, 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 no. I covered up with my fig leaves. And the Lord comes and says, who told you you were naked? Another question, where did that information come from, boy? Because it did not come from me. I didn't tell you that you were naked. It was self-imposed. It was created. See, he's a creator. He created that. He created that by his own thinking. And the moment he separated and began to get around and eat that fruit of the knowledge of good and evil, it separated him from love. And all of a sudden now he's in shame. He feels bad about himself. He feels guilty. He's afraid. And then on top of all that, it's everybody else's fault. It's not mine. How could it be my fault? They're the ones that did it. That's us. That's how we live. That's our first nature. That's our first homeland. That's, we were born in that, folks. We know. We know. And so he says that you have become a new creation. You can, all old things, that shame and that guilt and that condemnation and the fear and the blaming, he says, has all been taken away. But it's so easy for me to connect back to that old pattern. That's home. It feels like home. This new home of mine is, is, is different, and yet it seems to be so good. It seems to be so true because we were created for that. 
And so what does the Lord do? He doesn't slap them. He doesn't penalize them. He doesn't punish them. He takes an animal. He takes that animal. He cuts it, kills it, skins it. I don't think God did that in, in maybe like we do as hunters, just gut the thing and skin it. I think he, he delicately did this. I think it was more of a surgery than, a, than just a hunting uh, endeavor. And he took that skin and he wrapped it around Adam and Eve. What a great symbolism of love. Reconciled. I thought more when I said, Lord, how, how, what is reconciling? How I'm reconciled? How am I reconciled? And immediately he said, Judas. Judas, when I mentioned the name Judas, in our minds immediately, betrayer, evil, devil, uh, terrible person. But Jesus did not treat him that way. We look at the act and the behavior. We don't name our kids Judas. You know, maybe you do. I don't know. Most of the time you don't. And so Judas is not, he's not a picture of that which is pure. Everything that is bad is in Judas. I'm in Judas. I'm just as guilty as he is. In my heart down inside, oh, yeah, I can betray. I told you I wanted people dead. Well, Judas is a good Jew, made some money, betrayed Jesus. And he comes to Jesus, and he kisses him. And Jesus responds by saying, do you betray a friend with a kiss? Kiss is reconciliation. How many here love to kiss? <laughs> I know I'm, I'm about done, Pastor. You can clean it up now. When you come, you just clean it up. <laughs> what is it about a kiss? Jesus, when I got, when I, I said, Lord, I see you in the garden, but I see you as if it was me. And if my betrayer came up and kissed me, I would have thanked Peter for getting his sword out and killing somebody, and I would have asked him for another sword. That's me. I don't think the expression on Jesus' face would have been, ah, oh, betray a friend with a kiss, do you? And Father G said, that, boy, Levy, that was not me. Well, then what was it? How did you look? I think he had a smile on his face. I think he was embracing and pulling that boy next to him and letting him kiss him and saying to the betrayer, the betrayer and the betrayed are coming together. Psalm 85.10, mercy and truth are met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed each other. It's a miracle. It is a miracle, folks. Salvation is a miracle. The sinner kisses the godly. And they're joined together. Judas just couldn't handle it. 
He just could not believe that he could be loved because of what he did. And he went out and committed suicide. I encourage you, do not commit suicide inch by inch and day by day thinking that your guilt can be removed by your works. Your guilt is removed by the kiss of the Lord. priest you see there's certain pictures in the Bible that tells us about our relationship with the Lord some of them I can really relate to him the potter and I'm the clay <laughs> clay throw that shape me with something man I can I can I can see that I can see the picture of even the shepherd and the sheep the shepherd's not a sheep. The sheep's its own nature and it definitely needs someone to guide and lead them. But I can see that and the Lord's my shepherd. I, I, I can see that picture. But see, it begins to develop and talks about him being the chief cornerstone in the building built on it. My son's a contractor, has built homes. And every time I go to that home and look at that house, I never say, that is a beautiful cornerstone. That is one gorgeous foundation, man alive. No, I just say, that is a beautiful home. Now I begin to really have to have faith and accept his love because I'm not just separated from him as a lamb from a shepherd or from a clay and a potter. I am actually part of the building. He is the foundation, yes, but then I'm part of it. Then it goes on and he didn't he not say that the father is the husbandman, I'm the vine and you're the branch. That even begins to lift the level of relationship really. He's the vine and I'm the branch. Everything the vine has, the branch has, uh, that sap that that vine sucks up out of the ground and feeds those branches uh, is coming into me and that sap is the father's love. The father loves Jesus as much as he loves me. Then he even talks about a bride and a groom. He says that he's the groom and you're the bride. And the two shall become one. And now we begin to enter into a mystery. The two becoming one. Is it the man and the woman? Well, not really. You know, I know we understand. We're all adults. We understand this oneness. But the product of that oneness is a child. That child is part of dad and part of mom. Looks like dad, walks like dad. Thank God, you know, has mom's brains. You know, we relate that way. But that child is a child of his own. It's his own person. But he comes out of two joining together. And then on top of all this, oh, Lord, please. Lord, I know I don't have to beg you. But I must enter into this very truth that I am part of his bone, in his flesh, in his blood. I am truly a new creation. See, to get to God, I cannot go directly because that would just be man trying to reach the pure, the holy, the unholy, trying to touch the holiness. I can't get to God by going to another man because that's just man coming to man. That's just problems to problems. But Jesus Christ, what was he? He was the God man. 
He was the Word becoming flesh. And so being in Christ, being in Him, I'm a product of the two, Him becoming sin and joining unto His Father and raising from the dead. He became a new creation. And you and I have been born into that new creation. I thank you, Father. I thank you, Father, that we may be priests. And not maybe, but we are. I encourage you to enter into that love of Him. I encourage you to go into that secret place and begin to talk to Him about the secret things that you're hiding from Him, thinking that those very thoughts separate you from Him, but He's always been there. And you are like that seed that has fallen into the ground. You were the ground, and the seed was the Word of God. And that seed, like these flowers, I I don't know if they're real or not, but if they were real, they started with a seed falling into the ground. You and I were the ground, but the seed was the Word of God. The seed was God, and it fell into this old piece of dirt, and all of a sudden I became something of a new creation. Am I all dirt? No. Am I all seed? No. But I am a mixture of the two that have made something very beautiful, something that grows, something that begins to shine, something that begins to reveal the very love in the nature of God because of being a new creation. Priests. Priests, I'd like you to stand this morning, would you? I'd like you to stand to your feet. I'd like you to close your eyes. Just close your eyes. We're not going to do much. We're gonna, I'm going to turn it back to your pastor. and He can do whatever that he would feel the Lord would want him to do. But I want you to take any high thoughts and let this begin something. High thoughts that say, well, I'm not worthy to be loved. That's higher than what God says. Those high places, taking those and casting them down. Thinking that you are unforgiven. Thinking that you are not clean. Thinking that you are not worthy to be loved. Will lead you into shame, fear, condemnation. I pray today, Father, that we're joined. That we step in. The problem is not with the Lord. The problem is that I have made Myself, I have created something of a separation. I've created something in my own life, in my thoughts, that has then led to behavior. I've created something in my thinking and in my thoughts that have separated me from the love of God. You are in Christ. Where are you today? I'm in Christ. My feelings are not the truth. Feelings come and go. I'm in Christ. I'm in His love. I'm in His acceptance. I'm in His holiness. Did not Jesus say, when you pray, you go into your secret place, close the door. You don't have to tell anybody but Him. You don't have to. Once you tell Him, then He says the Father will reward you openly. The Father will take care of the outside. The two great commandments, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, and to love your neighbor as yourself. You must have the first before you can go to the second. You must love yourself in the sense of what God has done. Father, I pray for this great assembly. I pray, Father, for the vision and the work that you're doing and raising up a whole household of priests that will go into this world and hear the people's confessions and then will begin to pray. And out of their temple will begin to touch God for others and bring others into your presence 
Bring others into that love. Connecting someone else to the love of God and that love will change them. That love will be that which we call born again. That love will begin a new creation in that person's life. Oh, Father, how we need priests. Lord, I pray that our world will be aware of the love of God that has been poured out. Everyone that we think is evil, everyone that we think is a sinner, everyone that we think is separated, that that person may enter into the love of God, that they may know and be aware of his love, that they were created and made for it. Oh, Father, how we need, how we need to understand you have provided everything for us that pertains to life and godliness. You have made it all for us. Let us learn to walk in it. Let us learn to step into that joyous and wonderful place. Father, you've allowed us to eat again of that tree of life as we return to that first love. That first love. Let it be real. Lord, let it be real. Forgive us of thoughts that have separated us from you. Forgive us of thinking things of this earth this worldly dirt instead of heaven the two shall be made one it's a great mystery but Lord we choose to believe that and walk in that bless this congregation Father finances will come Lord because because of who you are this building be paid for folks understand that new building it's so needed because it needs to be in a place that people can come and find sanctuary. A refuge. No hunting on the door. A place they can come and not be connected with rules and regulations, but be connected with His love. That's what's happening here. That's why that building's necessary. So when you give, it isn't to remodel or to build something. You're giving a refuge in this city. 25 years I've lived in this city. My family came here 24 years ago. We've laid our lives down in this city. I do not do that or say that out of any kind of pride, but by His grace. We've given everything, and God has raised this place. I'm so excited about here. So excited about your pastors. You pray for them. You pray for their families. Pray for Jewel. Really pray for them. Jewel, as you sing, worship God. Oh, there's such union. There's such a joy in He, You sing to him, not to the audience, and you know this, but you sing to him, and he's like a proud father. He sits down and he gathers everybody. He gathers angels. He says, come on, sit around in the living room and listen to my daughter sing. Let her sing. And there begins to come a sound out of your life. The devil tries to silence that. He tries to silence that new song. Church, that's why we pray for one another. Surround her in prayer. Surround Jane and her family in prayer. Because this is where it is happening. I'm a witness to it. You have some of the finest priests. Some of the finest priests priests that God over the years has worked on, developed, and raised up and set them in this city for such a time as this. Because this city needs a lot of priests.
it needs a lot of them, and so are you. Father, I ordain, I, Lord, by your love and by your spirit, I just ordain the congregation as priests. Let our vision be changed, Lord, that we're not here as a judge or a critic, but we're here as priests. Let us forever be connected. Let us forever abide in your word and in your love. Let us forever be linked to that place of your forgiveness and of your mercy and joy. Let us be priests. Thank you, Father, for blessing upon this assembly, your blessing, Lord, and their transitions. Their transitions. It's more than a building, folks. It's more, more than going from one location to the next. It's a transition in your spiritual life. It's that coming up higher. It'll become great joy in His love. There is absolutely great joy. It's an intoxication. Listen to me. Some of you are going to enter into such joy of His love that you're going to be accused of being drunk. You're going to be accused of smoking medicinal marijuana. And you tell those folks, listen, I'm high by the Most High. And I want to tell you something. There is nothing like Him. There is nothing like His love. Has no fear in it. Amen. Has absolutely no fear in it. There are no limits to it. His love can do all things. That impossibility in your life and that secret place, that impossibility, lay it at His feet. Lord, this is your problem. This is not mine. I'm here for one thing, and that is to enjoy your love. That is to enjoy your presence. Uh, Lord, I just love you as you have loved me. That is that first love that you return. You you can't return to something that you've never had. You have it. You have it. Let him. Let him. Let him love you. Allow him. Come on. Oh, well, I'm too ugly. Allow him in his eyes. You're beautiful. You are beautiful. No spot, no wrinkle. You are his bride. If anybody came up to me and said, Becky's ugly, I'd hit him square in the mouth and then ask God to forgive me later. I tell you, you don't say that about my bride. How many times I have accused myself? How many times in my secret place I said, Lord, I'm ugly. I'm not worthy to be loved. Not one time, not one time to be agreed no agreement there sometimes nothing but cold silence didn't mean he wasn't there it just meant I ain't talking that talk boy because that's the talk of Satan he can't tell the truth because the truth ain't in him and I'm in the light walk in the light and we will have fellowship well Lord look at me I'm beaten up and bound and chains in prison and if I will look around enough I will see him bound with me, chained with me, sitting with me in my very sin. When you do something that you think is wrong, you think he leaves, he's there with you. He participates. That's what drives us crazy. That's what drives us to drink. That's what drove Judas, the poor man. He killed himself, hung himself because he was kissed. One kiss. My God, one kiss. One kiss. One kiss. 
Oh, Lord, let us not turn our heads, but let us behold you face to face. Why face to face? For him to kiss me. Scripture says, greet one another with a holy kiss. That's what he's talking about, reconciliation. The kiss of his love. When I kissed Becky, I never... Oh, there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with her. I see nothing wrong but a kiss. I'm the one that has the problem. I'm ugly. Now, the ugly and the beauty, the beauty and the beast, kiss. And in that union is heaven. That's what this world needs. Oh, Father, let us be priests. We have been forgiven so much. You took upon yourself our sins that we might take upon you ourselves your righteousness. Your beauty and your holiness is mine. It is mine. I have access to the Father as you do because it is mine. Oh, I thank you today, Lord. Let your blessing be upon Tim. Let all the worry, let all that worry be swallowed up by your great love. Oh, how big he is, brother. How big he is. Rolling that care upon him because he cares for you. And oh, Philemon, singing, dancing before him. What a great place this is, Lord. I stand in awe of how wonderful you are, how great you are. It's your blessing blessing let us be drunk in your love thank you Jesus thank you Jesus from the guest of Pastor Tim Masters and Victorious Life Christian Center with this week's message on the Destined to Win podcast Destined to Win is made possible with the prayerful and financial support of those destined to win To donate online, visit vlccaz.org. That's vlccaz.org. Destined to Win is a production of Victorious Life Christian Centers with services Sunday mornings at 10 at the Flagstaff Middle School Complex. I'm Joe Harding. From Pastor Tim Masters and the congregation at Victorious Life Christian Center, you're invited to join us here next week for another edition of the Destined to Win podcast.